Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Dad Educates Daughter. So this is the last episode of series two. So this is episode 21. Hello Rebecca, how are you? Hello Dad, I'm all right, thank you. Good, so you had last week the Communards, the Damned, Loose Ends, the Water Boys, Mr. Mr. and Animotion. Mm -hmm, How did. did you find it? Do you know what? It's not a standout week, but the week got better the more I listened. So re-listening and doing my notes, I was like, actually, the music's actually all right. But when I was first listening, I was like, oh, this ain't giving me good vibes, not really fussed. It weren't like I'm not enjoying it. It just weren't a up there week or down there. It was a not average. Upbeat, not but not rocky or anything like that to put you off yeah so it was a bit but then when I like re-listened to a few more and then did my notes and re-listened again I was like actually this week kind of does have something to it but the weird thing was watching videos there's not as many videos to watch with these bands so I was like oh that's a bit hard so but uh, you know I've managed to watch at least one for each anyway to see what they look like and get vibes off of that. Um, and it's got a definite mixture of sounds, which I think is why it was an out, like not a standout week because they weren't, any of them weren't similar. You couldn't get like, used to just one, one Yeah, 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 was, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it was quite hard to choose like hits and misses, not in a bad way, just because there weren't as many songs I've had as I've had recently, but the songs that I did have, I was very like, I like you, but I don't like you. And I like, like, I was, you know, there was a mixture of what I liked. So it was like, okay, am I going to like you as a whole or not? So, but yeah, it weren't a bad week, you know. Not the worst okay, when you say it. weren't a bad week, how many number ones are you expecting? Well, I'm going low. I'm like one, if any. Like, I don't think any of them were like up there, up there songs to get the sales. All right, so if you're saying one... Where are you going? Um, Broken Wings by Mr. Mister. Okay. Mm. You're right. There was one number one. Okay. Let's find with, that. Whether right. you're right, right with the, uh, the, the song, mm. we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. I've gone for Mr. Mister and they've only got two songs that you've given me. So it's like, will but it be? what two songs they are. Mm, that's why I went with them. So I'll find out. I'll find out. It's funny because they're two songs that get played on the radio, you know, like 80s radio yeah. every now and then. Mm. And they're the, probably the only group that I'll say to Yvonne, who's this? And she can never remember then, remember who it is. Because I know the song, I can't remember who sings it. Mr. Mr. just seems to slip by to everyone. Mm. But that's like me, like I was playing Mr. Mr. And I went to Connor, I was like, oh, doing Mr. Mr. Now he was like, oh, yeah. Broken Wings, what a hit. So he's like you, and, like, it just comes, and whereas I'm more like Yvonne, I'm like, well, I know this song. I have no idea who sings it. Okay. So are you ready to talk music? Yes, let's go. Let's go. So we'll start with the communards. Mm. So straight up, I've gone for synth pop. They look very young and they don't seem to age throughout when I've watched videos. So I don't know whether they were short lived 
not sure, like got like hits out and then that was it. Um, they keep the videos very, very simple as well. And the main focus is on the singer, but I think they're a trio. You know, they're very simple with their clothing, jeans and a top most of the time. And what stands out with them is he's got a very high-pitched voice, hasn't he? He has, and you've heard it before. Oh, I didn't recognise him. There you go. Oh, okay, I'm intrigued. All right. Okay, so the Cominards are Jimmy Somerville on vocals. Oh, I recognise him. Where's he from? And Richard Coles on keyboards, sax and clarinet, who you may also know. No, I don't recognise him as much as Jimmy. Because he now does a lot of celebrity stuff, including Dancing on Ice. Hang on a minute. What's his name again? Richard Coles. No. Okay. Ah. So they were formed in 1985, London. They are indeed a synth-pop pop electro dance high energy group but mainly okay. simple i would say yeah. so jimmy somerville formed the communards after leaving bronsky beat small oh. town boy yes i remember bronsky bronsky beat yeah, yeah. oh so see but that was group, a little while the very ago. first pioneers of gay music they were literally they came out they were Open and on, open about it. They sang mm-hmm. about it with Small yeah. Town Boy. Because I yeah. remember listening and being like, their lyrics, they're, yeah. they're definitely fighting so for something here. Yeah, I remember. That's where Jimmy Somerville's uh, well, high-pitched okay. voice comes from. Oh, why? I, like, because Boxley Beat definitely stands out to me because of what they sung about. But I can't, I'm not hearing the high-pitched voice. So after leaving Bronsky Beat, uh, which is where he also had played with Richard Coles, um, as he played the saxophone on the 1983 hit, It Ain't Necessarily So. Okay. However, Somerville and Coles had actually met in the early 83, which was before Bronsky Beat, or at least that song, mm. um, after they filmed a lesbian and gay youth project video, The Revenge of the Teenage Perverts. Oh, Okay. So think about why, where Richard Cole started, so the Revenge of the Teenage Perverts, and then wait and see where he is now. Okay, yeah. So, um, go, yeah, I, I need to know this now, especially you saying Dance on Ice. Yeah, so Communards' biggest commercial success came from Thelma Houston's soulful 1977 number 13 song, Don't Leave Me This Way. Oh, yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah. Um, which were which also had Sarah Jane Morris as on the co-lead vocals. So she was like a guest vocalist. So when you say there was okay. a trio, you're probably thinking of her as well. Yeah. She was only on that one song as a right, guest okay. vocalist. And yeah. the reason what why they picked her was she was chosen as she has a very deep voice. <laughs> Which contrasted to Somerville's soaring falsetto voice. So you'd most people, when they hear the song, would think that it's the woman singing the high voice, the high pitch, mm. and the man singing the deep. When actually, actually it's the other, they turned it round, and it's the woman that's got the deep voice, 
and Somerville with the high pitch, high falsetto. Yeah. Falsetto. Um, so that's the reason that they 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 chose her because she, as I say, she she contrasted. They contrasted very well. Yeah. They also covered the um, Jackson Five song "Never Can Say Goodbye." which got to number 33 in 1971 for the Jackson 5. Oh, see, I like the Jackson 5, and I didn't recognise that one. Yeah. But I recognise well, Don't Leave Me This Way, but not that one. Yeah, well, it's actually um, Gloria Gaynor's version that Jimmy Somerville preferred. Um, right. That version actually got to number two in 1974. And that's the version that he... Covered rather than was influenced by uh, yeah, covered, like, rather than the 1971 by Jacksons, which obviously wasn't quite as big as hit. I mean, right. number 33. Um, and so, yeah, there's that there's a Gloria Gaynor one that was influenced for the cover version that, that the communards did. Okay, okay, so obviously, like with Bronsky B, um, Jimmy Somerville, as we know, is gay, Richard Cole's also gay, um, and they obviously. A lot of what they do is is to highlight, you know, the gay community and what have you. Um, they actually lost a mutual friend to the AIDS virus, um, oh. and they wrote the single for a friend um, in memory of that person. Okay. Um, while another song, "Victims," which was just a, a it wasn't released; it was an album. Album, song, for, yeah. Um, uh, on the uh, on their red album um that was about living with aids virus so, so yeah they, so they still they have that like they did well like jimmy somerville did with bonsky uh, well, yeah with bonsky b mm-hmm. he sort of done the same carried it on with the with the comment yeah it was obviously passionate degree, i think but mm. um i mean that was the reason that i think he left bonsky and the they become too political yeah and he went he wanted to be more you know, music based. Um, so the duo split in 1988. So you were right. They weren't around together for long, 85 to 88. Yeah. So, you know, um, as Somerville went solo, which he, you know, we, when we come to male soloists, you'll come across him again. So if you remember yeah. him this time, um, <laughs> but he had a, a, a good solo career as well, okay. um, to be honest. Um, while Richard Coles went on to be a vicar. A vicar. Yeah, so he's gone from the revenge of the teenage perverts to Uh the vicar, with a bit of music in between. Uh, But he's a gay vicar. Yeah. That's mad. Um, And has since appeared on celebrity shows like Strictly, sorry, was it strict dancing on ice or strictly come dancing? It's like he's on one of them, right? But he was strictly. a guest, so he was a like he was a contestant, a contestant, yeah, right? Okay, yeah. when you said that he's gone on to do celebrity things and you said dance on ice, I was like, I on, do become an ice skater? Is he on the panel? No, as in the as in I'm well confused, that makes way more sense. I'm just checking now because. I'm contradicting myself as to yeah, because you said dance nice. Yeah, and, I, and I've written down strictly, so I'm thinking now it's strictly not um, not dancing on ice, which I had in my head for some reason. Oh, 
can't now find it. Strictly Come Dancing. Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah, I just found it. So, yeah, he's done Strictly Come Dancing. He's done MasterChef. He's appeared on QI. Um, wow. Would I, like, would I Lie to You? As well as been a panel on the panel of um, Have I Got News For You? So he's been on quite a few things. So, um, and now he's a vicar. Him. Um, no, yeah, I don't recognise him. No, no, not at all. No. Um, so yeah, he's um, gone from, as I say, a uh, a musical person, a bit like Brian Cox. He started out in a group, and now he's an astrologer. Yeah, but I don't know why that's not as weird as becoming a priest. Oh, there you go. Uh, what, what what makes you just decide? going to be a priest well, i don't know but it's just he, three yes he and he's now a celebrity priest in a sense yeah he's probably known more for because i mean communards weren't a you know and i don't think people realize he done the i mean oh, it's only one song he really um he actually played on but whether he was that he was part of bonksky beat for a little time but obviously communards but a lot of people probably don't don't realize he's communards Mm. over the fact that he's a vicar who suddenly appears on loads of things. <laughs> he's got a website and everything. Yeah. He co-presents BBC Radio 4 Saturday Live. There you go. That's mad. Like, he's just really doing it for himself, isn't he? He's just yeah. putting it, dabbling in a bit of everything. Hats yeah. off to him. You do um, you, Richard. You do you. So, Communards have had three top ten hits. Mm. two top 10 albums um so the 1986 Cominards, the self so titled album that got to number seven and in 1987 red got to number four okay okay yeah well two of their top 10 hits will be these two covers that you've already mentioned we shall find out now Communards, 1985, You Are My World, mm. number 30. Okay, that one it was then re-released, it was then re-released okay. in 1987 Yeah, and got to number 21. Not so better, but not much better. No. Uh, that one's, I mean, I, I agree, it's just a simple song, it's got a long intro, but it does get captured the more I listen. Yeah, I, I like so it. it. I do I like it. Yeah. But it's not an up there song. And this is what I mean. They're not like up there. Yeah. But it's a good one. 1986, Disenchanted, number 29. No idea what you're singing. Like the beat. And it's got that 80 sounds that I always talk about that never know what I mean. But I know what I mean when I'm listening to it. <laughs> but that's another good one. 1986, Don't Leave Me This Way, number one. Do you know what? When we were talking about communards and you mentioned that one, I was like, oh, wonder whether that will be the number one. It was number one for four weeks. So oh, wow. So a lot of well. people like the high, vo deep voice from the woman and the low, and sorry, the low deep voice from the woman and the high pitched voice from some of them. It is a good song. Woman, Sarah Jane Morris, her name was. It is a good song. Mm. It is good. I, 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 I'll allow that as the number so, one. 
I'm not disappointed. Thelma Houston's. It's just annoying that it's a cover. 77 hits. Yeah. It's just annoying that it's a cover. I just think they put a different, I, I mean, I haven't listened to her version, but I'm sure it's nothing like their version. No, different decades. In fact, you've got two people singing with totally yeah. different voices. Yeah. So, um, moving on, 1986, So Cold the Night, number eight. Okay. That one was more programmed, and that's where I was like, and they're definitely synth pop. It's kind of like a change in the sound. Like, it slows down a bit more than their upbeat beginning bit. Uh, mm. 1987, Tomorrow, number 23. Okay, quite, I quite liked it. It was quiet vocals in it, more focus on the music, and it was very fast-paced. But I quite, I liked that, it, you know, it weren't too, like with the quiet vocals, I thought, oh, we're going to have a rubbish one here. But the actual beat in the music, it like brought it, gave something to the actual song. So I like that. 1987, Never Can Say Goodbye, number four. Ooh, okay, that was my favourite. A bit annoyed now because I know it's a cover, but yeah, that was my favourite. It just makes you want to move. It's upbeat. I feel like that could be played in like a club. So it might be worth you listening to the Jackson version or Gloria Gaynor's version. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Uh, 1988, For a Friend, number 28. Okay, when you've explained what that song was about, it makes sense. I wrote um, and thought it was a more heartfelt song, and now the but meaning behind it, it really is. I think they've, mm. yeah, they've done really well with that. And then again, 1988, There's More to Love, number 20. Oh, that was a good, that was a nice end of them. It's a fun song, you know, it's quite catchy, and it was like different to the rest. Yeah, I like that one. Okay. Moving on to The Damned. Mm. So these these were hard to find videos for. Like, unless they were on top of the pops, there weren't much to them. Um, I put them as rock. Not quite sure whether there's a subgenre of rock they're to fall into. Um, couldn't tell you how many people are in it or who, but when the... Is it a dream there was an actual video and it showed the musicians and they looked like standard rock stars. So that kind of cemented that it's rock. And I feel like after the shadow of love, they changed their sound a bit. Like they kind of, I don't know. They just brought a bit more, bit more into it. Like took away, like it's a more softer rock a more like a queen type of rock where it's more upbeat. Yeah. Oh. The Damned were Dave Vanian on vocals, Brian James on guitar, Captain Sensible on the bass, Paul Gray on guitar, and Rat Scables on or Scab- yeah, Scables on drums. They were formed in 1976 in London. Oh, wow. And they are a punk rock, gothic rock band. Okay, I didn't think it was that dark on the rock, but okay. And also, Captain Sensible. Yes. People be a bit weird. Well, very. He, you'll find out, he went on to be a soloist. 
right. and you will learn about him when we come to the solos but when you think of the band that he's in here in the music when you listen to him as a soloist totally totally different really absolutely is he called still called captain sensible oh yeah 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 but the music compared to this are oh, different level novelty music uh, okay all right i i mean we're not doing solos yet but i i i like need to know like what was his thought behind that because this is like rock like yeah. you'd think you then go off on your own to do more by yourself exactly. to get in there and not be like i'm going down the completely and different. it was after he left that they went more gothic rock over the punk rock and after whether that's the reason he left was you know, no, he didn't want to go that way and he didn't but he didn't even go he went you're well when we come no, he's not even to, rock i'll have to i'll have to put him near near the beginning with like jeremy somerville because obviously you've come across him before but yeah, yeah totally mad, mad it's mad okay when you someone blooming but i'm sorry i can't get over that he's called himself captain Sensible. yeah i don't I, I haven't looked him up i'm sure he's got another name but that's what he's always gone by and that's what i know him from captain sensible how strange uh, not that i would say there's much sensible about him okay all right so the damned are seen as influencing and shaping the emergence of hardcore punk in the late 70s and early 80s uh, through their fast driven punk rock sound okay yeah so they are seen as you know a um a leader pioneer of of that sound so brian james he left the group um after the second album right and was eventually replaced in 19 so that was in 1977 so he left like before oh so basically even, yeah. at the beginning yeah and he was eventually replaced in 1980 up until then captain sensible did guitars as well as bass he'd done both okay but i guess if you can play bass you can exactly play. exactly so he'd, he'd done the, the two eventually paul gray then come on board and obviously then done the guitar yeah. captain sensible left in 1985 after the fifth album to start a solo career as i've just said about and um, it was his departure that saw the band move to the more gothic rock sound so as i say that's when they moved over whether that was where they were going anyway and that's why he left i don't i don't know i couldn't find anything on that but he as i say he obviously left and then the music sort of changed that i'm with you eloise was a cover of Barry Ryan's 1968 hit. Um, it actually got to number two for him, which gave the band their commercial success. Oh, so, so they didn't really get anything. They, you know. mm. And they didn't really do much after Eloise either. No, no, not really. And um, Culture Club's John Moss, so the drummer, yeah. had a brief spell with the group in 1978. So way be well before they became... Known, yeah. but he was with them obviously before culture. What took him so long to get hits? Because for that, for me to be listening to them now, I know their first hit that you've given me must they, be mid 80s. They didn't really get they... hits, so that was probably their real hit, as you'll find out in a minute. Right. So that was their commercial success. I mean, they've done enough. I mean, as you'll find out, their albums obviously done well. Just they're, so they're, they're more, just of, an more of an album. Group. Yeah. Um, 
So Captain Sensible, he actually did return to the group in 1996. Oh, and they are so still going. Just... They are still, still going. going. No, nothing new or anything, but I suppose not that I've ever seen them, but doing the, the tours and that. Yeah. Um, they had two top 20 hits. So see if you know what the other one is. Um, and they had three top 20 albums. Okay, so yeah, much better. So, so yeah. So we shall move on. 1979, Love Song. That was their other top 20 hit at number 20. Oh, I'd well a fan. It's not much of a love song. Uh-huh. So it's a bit misleading. And the music's louder than the singing. And then uh-huh. there's like the solos and, you know, like the rock stuff that I'm not really a big fan of. Yeah. But this was obviously what I'm saying. This is this early music is what influenced the, the, the punk music. 1979, Smash It Up. Number 35. Okay. That one's a bit more aggressive. So I weren't really feeling it at this point. I was like, great. Where's this going? Mm-hmm. 1982, Lovely Money, just outside the top 40, 42, which is why I just I did sneak it in because it was just mm. outside. This one was actually better than Love Song and Smash It Up. So there you go. But they do talking rather than singing, and I'm not a big uh-huh. fan of that. Like, no, are you talented or not? Because yeah. you're not singing to me. 1984, Thanks for the Night. Another one just outside the top 40 at 43. See, again, that one's better than the ones that have hit in the top 40. Like It's got a long intro, though, so that I'm not a great big fan of. But the beat was really good in that one. I liked it and it weren't in your face. Mm-hmm. 1985, Grimly Fiendish, just outside the top 20 at number 21. Okay, not bad. That one slowed it down and it was more, I want to say more of a chant, but I don't know, like it's not a chant, but it's got something to it, like they're trying to get something across, I don't know, but it, it was a nice change. Mm-hmm. 1985, The Shadow of Love, number 25. Mm, that one was, I weren't a fan. It was slow and a bit darker. It had creepy sounding lyrics in my head, like just sounded a bit stalkerish. 1985 still, Is It a Dream, number 34. That was my favourite, you know. It's more sing-along, it's got a nice upbeat feel to it. And I feel like from here, like, like I've already said, from um, Shadow of Love, they, it's like they change the sound a bit. And from Is It a Dream, they, these are the ones that I did enjoy a lot more. Like there's a definite change of something. Okay. 1986, Eloise, number three. Oh, okay. I really like the chorus of that one. And like the lyrics are like just blunt and to the point and it's clear. And yeah, that one was a good one. But it's also, you said it was a cover, didn't you? Yeah, 1968. And the original, what did I say? The original got to number two. Two, same. And they got to number three. Mm. Uh, 1986 still, anything, number 32. Okay, the only thing that lets this one down is it's repetitive and it's got a classic rock sound um, that, not a bad rock that we don't like. It was mm. quite nice to listen to. Like, that's why it's in my up there with these ones. 
1987, Gigolo, Gigolo, number 29. <laughs> I just have no idea what they're singing, what this song means. It is a bit of an odd one, but it doesn't sound awful. Okay. And then lastly, 1987, Alone Again or number 27. Okay, there's not much context to this one, not much in it, um, but it's not bad sounding, you know, it's not too in your face, like, it, yeah, it, it's just not got much to it to give you anything to want to put it on in a sense. Sure. Okay, moving on then, from Captain Sensible to Loose Ends. Mm. So, do you, you know... I quite liked him. And when I was listening, I was like, oh, I really can't put my finger on the genre. So Connor came up with funk. And then I went, actually, I think they've got a bit of R&B in there. So I went with funk or R&B. Might be a bit of both. Don't know. We could be completely wrong. Um, they're a trio. And I really like the female vocalist, although there is like a couple where you hear the male vocals. Um, they've got nice memorable videos like... The first one, Emergency, there's like a man putting on a billboard, like, you know, big advert, and it's a woman singing in it, and she's in a bath, and she like tips out her water from a glass, but it gets the man wet that's putting on the billboard. It's just very clever. And then there's another one, oh, I can't remember what one it was, but the video stand that stands out, it's an artist colouring, and so the woman's like 2D, and her outfits being coloured in. So like her outfit at one point was like half red, half white because the white bit hadn't been coloured in yet. Oh, it was fantastic. So really memorable videos. I think they've really played around with graphics, like standout videos. Like these have got the best videos of the week. And then Connor went, he thinks they sound similar. Well, he went to me, oh, what was the song? It's a song Shalimar sing. Cause I said to him, I was like, no, they just don't sing it. I mean, Shalimar do. Can't remember what it's called. It's a, it's the like, it's a big one. Oh, what's it called? Let me find it. Hang I on. can't help you. I'm sorry. I don't know who Shalimar is. Yeah, you do know who Shalimar is. You've given them to me. <laughs> I can make you feel good. I can make you feel good. He thought these. Sang oh it. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he thought these sang it, and I went, no, 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 no. These don't sing that. And then, so I played in the Shalimar one. And I went. You think this sounds similar, similar to these? And he went, yeah, I think I can see what he means, but these are a lot more mellow in their sounds. They kind of make you feel good, but they're calmer, like they're more mellow. So, yeah, yeah but they're worth so any not, as, as you can tell, it's not really my kind of music, if I'm really honest, this, this kind. This week. Um, this so like, as you say, Shalimar, who I'd even forgotten about. <laughs> um, I thought it was someone recent that you were talking about. That it sounds like them when you were saying it. Um, loose ends. Um, yeah, I don't even remember loose ends. If I'm really honest with you, can't remember them. Okay. So yeah, so loose ends were Cole McIntosh on guitar and vocals, Jane Eugene on vocals, and Steve Nichol on keyboards. Mm -hmm. They were formed in 1980. Um, in London, and they are a soul, funk, oh. R and B, hey, look at me, Connor. disco group. Okay, so Connor got the funk, I got the R and B. 
Didn't do too bad with that. No. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't got much on them because they weren't a big group. As I said, I don't remember them. Um, so Steve Nichol actually formed the band, the non-singer, um, after going on tour with the jam as a as a trumpet, trumpeter, trombone, um, oh. keyboard player, so session musician with yeah. the jam. He obviously enjoyed it, come back and thought, I'm going to set up the I'm group. Gonna, and, I want to do something. But obviously I need some singers. And um, yeah, Cole McIntosh with the guitar also vocals and then obviously as you say jane eugene um, on the actual vocals mm-hmm. um hang on a string reached number one in the u.s Ooh. but the rmb chart not the top, not the billboard the top, top 200 whatever they call it so it's billboard, the, they're all billboard i think billboard's a sponsor or oh. they call them i don't know but oh. it's a u.s billboard r&b chart and they got to number one so um, that's that's probably where they made their their money and obviously went off into the sunset not long after. The group disbanded in 1990, so they were literally around for ten years but didn't have a lot of hits. In those and 10 years. for their first hit to be given to me, their first hit couldn't have been until mid 80s, so they had a bit at the beginning of not doing much anyway. So yeah, so um, they had three top twenty songs and three top twenty albums. Okay, that's not bad going, considering I've only had seven songs. Yeah, yeah. So, as I say, obviously made their success and left the business sort of thing. Um, So, yeah, 1984, Emergency Dial 999 Mm -hmm. was their first hit, although it was just outside the top 40 at number 41. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad you gave it to me because I've already spoken about the video. But the only downside of the song is there's no, like, drop in the music. It's just the same tone all the way. So, like, you know, sometimes you can tell the difference between the chorus and, the, like, yeah. the other verses because the chorus gives you a bit more of an upbeat feel or, you know, it's you can tell the difference. You can't, rhythm, yeah. yeah, you can't really tell the difference in that one. Okay. So that's the only downside of it. 1985, Hanging on a String. Number 13. It's quite a relaxing song, you know. Like, yeah, slow starting, and then it doesn't give you too much. It's just a one that you just have on in the background. And then in 1992, there was a remix version of it, and that got to number 25. Okay, so the actual version did better. Yeah. Uh, 1985, Magic, Magic Touch. Number 16. Okay, that one I enjoyed. It was catching upbeat. Um, and I heard a bit of a saxophone in it. Whether there was a saxophone, don't know. You know, the guy that um, formed the group, having played the trumpet and whatnot in the jam, he might have played the saxophone, don't know. But there was no video to confirm whether I saw what I saw, what I heard was right. Um, it was just quite repetitive. That's the only... That was a downside of it, but that was up there with one of my favourites from this group. Okay. 1986, Slow Down, number 27. Oh, that's a long song, you know. Uh, it's, it's not five minutes long. It's got a main focus on the music and there's not much content to it. So I'm like, why are you so long when there's not much in it? Like, because there's so much content on the music, it becomes more of an instrumental. Whereas if they narrowed it down... With the length of it, the uh, lyrics would have pushed themselves through, I reckon. 
1986, Knights of Pleasure. Another one just outside the top 40, number 42. Oh, I'm glad you gave me that. That was nearly my favourite. It's still quite instrumental, but it gave you that more upbeat feel. The vocals were quite calm, but yeah, there was just something about the lyrics and, you know, like it kind of got me and I like a sing-along that it was nearly my favourite. 1990, Don't Be a Fool, number 13. Okay, this one became my favourite. Um, it's got catchy lyrics, a really good beat. Um, it's got a nice balance. Like, it's not too much music. It's not too quiet vocal. Like, it's, it's a good all-rounder song. And then 1990, Love's Got Me, number 40. Okay, this is where I heard the... Oh, I'm quite disappointed that it's number 40. This one should be higher up, I think. It's got the male vocals in it. Maybe that's what people didn't like, but it's more the male singing rather than the female. But it's a right head bopper. It's a good one, that. Okay. Moving on to the Water Boys. Mm. I had to get Connor's help with the genre again, because I was like, Connor, what, what, what genre does it sound like? And I explained what I thought, and I'm not going to re-explain what I explained to Connor, because we don't need to go there. But he said folk, and I was like, that's it. So I went with folk. Could be completely wrong. But it's just like music that you'd kind of put on and get around doing your normal day-to-day stuff, but you could have a sit down and have a right little jam to it. It's chilled out, but they've still got something going for them. Like it's not too chilled out where you just wouldn't play it unless you're having like a sad day or a do-nothing day. And when I've seen them, they've got that bit of a jagged, rough look. So that, you know, that threw me off a bit. I was like, oh, you may be a bit more rock but there's no rock sounds in it just the way that they sing it's definitely got to be folk or something like that so the water boys have over 70 musicians what so i wasn't going to mark them all down how at, so at, that's unnecessary surely yeah so over time <laughs> oh okay time, okay okay not once all right okay so <laughs> the only person who has been with them all the time, so ever present, is the actual founder of the group, Mike Scott. Okay, and what does he do? I'm guessing he's the um, the vocalist, and then he gets musicians in. Right, okay. Right, I'm with you, I'm with you. Took it as. So they were formed in 1983 in Edinburgh, and they are a rock, folk rock. Okay, Celtic folk group. Okay. All right. So what I was feeling that's yeah, yeah. to Connor, he just yeah. put the word. And when I got the yeah. Rocky from their look, they look yeah. more rock than they sound it. They don't sound yeah. no, I wouldn't put them as, as um as... do you remember these ones then? I know the so for me, the whole of the moon is like Echo Beach. It's one of those okay. songs that just you just you love it. It's, right, you know, it's that 80s song, 80s music, and you just you never love forget it. it. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Okay, so yeah, so the Waterboys' early music sound became known as the big music. With a big What's because that? of the amount of musicians, I don't know. After their song "A Page Page and Place," uh, the music was actually described by Scott himself as 
a metaphor for seeing God's signature in the world. Very odd. Very odd indeed. Yeah. Okay. So the big music was used to describe a number of other bands, including U2, right. Simple Minds, oh. Big Country, and the Hot House Flowers. So those sort of rock bands, which is obviously what they are, is, is what's the big music, evidently. So mm -hmm. there we go. Not that I've ever seen the big music as a general or anything like that, but they are seen as influencing big music sound and those groups evidently have the same sound so there we go so bear in mind um water boys are from scotland so are simple minds and big country of those okay, whereas you two so, are from ireland so that would yeah. be the celtic i'm not sure where hot house flowers are i've got a feeling they're like australia or something like that i'm not 100 sure where the hot house flowers are from but yeah so um you, you get that celtic you know there's a so, similar sound yeah um so the group was abandoned by scott in 1993 after he got frustrated in not being able to get new water boys on board to tour oh okay um however in 2000 scott res resurrected the water boy's name for the 2000 album a walk in the weary land which right. had a new experimental rock sound later inspired by radiohead and beck scott described the sound at the time as sonic rock right so he obviously just likes making up music sounds. yeah he just kind of does whatever he pleases yeah Gets annoyed when he can't get what he wants in a sense and moves on. So they had one top 10 hit. However, they had three top 10 albums. Oh, so another so had, album group, I guess. Yeah, they had 1990s Room to Rome, as in R-O-A-M, not the, not the count, the, the capital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was number five. Uh, 1991, the best of, 81 to 90, that got to number two. And then 1993, Dream Harder, that got to number five. Mm. Okay, so they had like, you know, good hitting albums, but definitely more of an album, if album group. If I've, I've only listened to four. Yeah, not commercially successful. No, no, not at all. So... 1985, The Hole of the Moon, number 26. Ah, I thought that was going to be their top 10, the way that you spoke about it as well. Um, I really liked it, though. Good beat. It's nice sing-along. It's catchy. Makes you feel good. I guess kind of the feelings that you get from it as well. That was re-released in 1991, which is obviously, a, you know, all their free albums are from the 90s. Oh, yeah. And it got to... So it's like a um, so reboot, remastered, whatever. Number three. Oh, so it done a, maybe they they should so try. That was their top back ten hit. It was actually out. It was an eighties song, but done ah. better in the nineties when they obviously become more successful. I was going to say, mate, like maybe they should have been a nineties band, not a eighties. Oh. They're in the maybe wrong they were decade. Ahead of their time with the music. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that sonic rock was for the nineties. Hmm. 
could well have been. 1989, Fisherman's Blues, got to number 32. Okay, well, that was my favourite. I would have liked that to have hit higher. It really gets moving. It's a feel-good one. It's just something about it that really got me, like really clicked with me that. Enjoyed it. Mm. 1993, The Return of Pan, number 24. Okay. Oh, nah, Fisherman's Blues is better. This one had a different sound to it from the others. And this is where I was also questioning the rock. It's got a more of a rock sound to it. So this must be more of a folk rock than just like the folk on its own kind of thing. But there's not much to it. It's more music than vocals. Okay. And in 1993, Glastonbury song, number 29. Well, see, I would have liked that to have got hit higher as well. It seems like a powerful song. I don't know what it's about. Or he says something to do with I found, I found you or I found it. I don't know, but it, I don't know what he's found, but he's found something in the song, but it's a catchy song. Okay. Moving on then to the group you thought were number one. Mm, yeah. Mr. Mr. Yeah. So. A very, very clever name, I thought. I know. When you told me it last week, I wrote down Mr. Mr. as in M-R, Mr. Like the title Mr. Not. And then you sent it to me and I was like, ah, Mr. So it's Mister. like the Mr. Mister. Men. Mr. Mr. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it is very clever. Um, I can't really think of it. I don't know what genre it is at all. Like, I can't pinpoint, I can't think of what it sounds like, similar sounding to anyone to go down that route. So I'm intrigued you about the genre. You are going to kill yourself, I'm telling you. Is it obvious? You will. I will do it now before I forget or you go on. Um, we'll come back to what you was ever going to say. So, Mr. Mr. are Richard Page, yeah. vocals and bass. Yeah. Steve George, keyboards. Yeah. Pat Mastelotto, Mr. Lotto, drums. And Steve Farris on guitar. They were formed in 1982. Any idea what they where they're from? Oh, I don't know. We've had a lot of blooming London groups. So let's go with London. Phoenix, Arizona, American. They're American. And they are (laughs) a pop rock new wave band. Goodness sake, why didn't I do that? I always (laughs) kick myself when I do this. Always go with new wave. I've said it multiple times. (laughs) Damn it. But I felt like these are more of a one-hit wonder with their broken wings. Um, but I feel like they could have done so much more. Um, and they've, they're just a powerful band with two amazing songs. And I did listen to two others. So I listened to Is It Love? And that's got a good beat. And Run To Her, which slowed down, but it really went with their um, like their harmonies and how they sing. So, yeah, I was a bit disappointed that there weren't more, to be fair. I feel like they could have done a lot more or maybe, I don't know, people just didn't like it. But yeah, I feel like there should have been more. So Paige and George were both originally in the group Pages, um, which had a pop infusion sound. And they had a minor hit with I Do Believe In You. And they also had three albums. So 
although they were selling, it was hard to say. So they were getting good reviews, so critic critically acclaimed reviews on their albums and what have you, mm -hmm. but commercially they had very little success. Right. Well, you can see that. No, this is with their original group pages. Oh, oh, so they didn't have any success with any of their groups, really. <laughs> well, it did with Mr. Mister. Yeah, but um, the so two songs. So they disbanded that. And then Page and George, so Steve George, Richard Page, they then concentrated on songwriting for other artists. Okay. Like Laura Brannigan and the Village People. And then in 1982, the duo started putting together a more pop-orientated group. Right. Only this time with a permanent lineup rather than with pages, they had session musicians. Just so, right. so they wrote songs. They obviously, Richard Page would obviously been the vocalist, bass, and Steve George being keyboard. And then he had, I suppose, drummer. Just got people in. Guitar mm -hmm. player. Um, so this time they wanted an actual group that was, you know, going to be a bit more um, together. Yeah, like able to rely on and get the music yeah. out when they needed it. So um, although a foursome, the plan originally was to be a five piece. Okay. So your bass player, your vocalist, your keyboard, your drummer, your guitar. Yeah, the normal, oh. I suppose, five. Yeah, 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 um, with you. However, Paige doubled up with so well with the bass and the vocals that they kept with him being the bass player. Fair enough. As well as the vocalist. Mm-hmm. So that's why they, they became a four-piece over a five-piece band. After the first album, Paige was offered the choice, or the, sorry, the chance, uh, to join Toto as Bobby Kimmel's replacement and Chicago as Peter Sitara's replacement. Oh, so he's a wanted man. Yeah, but he turned them both down for Mr. Mr. to, to stay with Mr. Mr. So he turned down Toto and Chicago. But to be fair, like Toto didn't, it's not like he'd be kicking himself like, oh, they did, you know, they were really commercial. You don't know what Toto they could have were. become. Mm, yeah, that's true. And what another, that's another, another of those 80 songs, a bit like Muff, Muffin, the, Muffin the Mule, <laughs> Echo Beach by Martha and the Muffins, that'd be it. And uh, the Water Boys, Hole of the Moon, yeah. Africa by Toto oh, is, is another. another it's pieces. like a standalone. Yes. Yeah. So then guitarist Steve Farris left in 1988. Mm -hmm. And in 1990, the band, now working with a session guitarist, because obviously Steve Farris has left, they worked on the fourth album, Paul. That's, that's what it was called, P-U-L-L. Um, however, their record label, RCA, decided not to release the album. And not long after that, the band broke up. Oh, okay. They probably couldn't get another record deal to, to, to release their music. Mm. So um, that album, Paul, yeah. Paul, remained unreleased for oh. 20 years. So has it now been released? So it was released eventually when a remastered version, obviously technology had changed by then, so they could, mm -hmm. read, you know, was released on Page's independent label, Little June Recordings, in collaboration with Sony Music. 
so he'd done it and then Sony Music I suppose kind of pushed it out yeah and what year was that obviously 20 years later so when was that like so what 20 you're looking at 2010 yeah that's mad isn't it yeah so imagine being their fans and you didn't you, had, you knew there was an album that had been done and you're like waiting for whatever reason it never got released yeah and, and then, then bam you had to wait you live in your life yeah Mm. So they had two top 20 singles, one top 10 album, which was 1986's Welcome to the Real World, which got to number six. Okay. So obviously, you okay. know the two top 20 singles. Yeah. Because you had That's to. all I've got. <laughs> so 1985, Broken Wings. You thought it might be number one? Yeah. Number four. Oh, so it's still up there. Yeah. It, it's up there with them, isn't it? Oh, well, I've recognised it. It's a powerful song. I feel like it's a passionate song. It's just got, it's an all-rounder. It's a standout one. And then 1986, Kiri, just outside the top 10 at number 11. Oh, again, that's another good song. And yeah. the video for that one, I got like, I watched the video. Well, I watched the video for both, but they were doing a live performance. I feel like they know how to work the crowd. You know, they were doing the clapping along. They've got really amazing voices. Oh, it just makes you feel good. Um, Broken Wings was my favourite, by the way. I've got to say that too. Okay. Moving on to the last group this week, Animotion. Yes. Um, only one song. Yeah. Um, I want to go there some type of rock, but I'm not 100% sure. Rock? No? Okay. Rock? No? Well, I don't rock? know. They don't sound rock, but they look rock, and it threw me off, so not rock then. Something else. <laughs> don't know. Don't know. It's hard when there's only one song. Yes. I did no, listen I to two more. But that song is no for nothing. Rock. No, it's not. I don't know. So I've only got one song. That one isn't rock, but I'll say rock. No, but they look rocky. So I'm like, oh, maybe they've got that something about them. Okay. That's not come through in this song, but maybe that was their whole genre. I don't okay. know. So let, let to make it easier. All right, you, You've got one song. They weren't a big band, and you've got one song. So for me to have heard it, what do you reckon their music... Well, we're going to go with pop then, aren't we? We're going to go on a completely different end of the spectrum and go with pop. Pop? Synth pop. Animotion are, or were, Astrid, Astrid Plain on vocals, Bill Wadhams on guitar, Greg Smith on keyboards, Charles Ottavio on bass, Don Kirkpatrick on lead guitar, and Jim Blair on drums. They were formed in 1983. Any idea where? Oh, God, no. I want to say they're, they're British. Okay. Los Angeles, California. They're not British. American. They are a synth-pop new wave band. Okay. So the original members... Paul Antonoli, keyboards, and Dave Frenchy O'Brien on drums, both left in 1985 
to be replaced by Greg Smith and Jim Blair, respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, following the success of the single Obsession, yeah. written by hit songwriter Holly Knight, uh, the single became the Billboard Top 100 Top 10 hit at number six. Mm. And the follow-up single, Let Him Go, also became a top 40 hit in the US at number 39. After the success of Room to Move, number nine, in the US in 1989, a cover of the single by Climby Fisher, um, which was included on the soundtrack movie, My Stepmother is an Alien. Oh, I actually listened to Room to Move. That's what I thought I said. I did listen to two more. I listened to Room to Move. I'm really annoyed that songs I like this week are covers because I liked that one. It's got a good beat and it's very sing-along. But I also listened to I Engineer um, and that's got more of a focus on the music. So all three of those songs were a bit, like, including Obsession, were a bit different from one another as well. Okay. However, the album, their third, also called Room to, Room to Move, wasn't as successful um, as the actual single. Uh, it didn't even break the top 100 charts. And not long after that, the band disbanded. Okay. Because again, obviously, if you're not getting the success, you're not getting the money. So it becomes what's the point? Do you want to do it? You know. Mm. Um, and I suppose it's very hard to come up with new songs when they're not really getting any we don't yeah like you haven't got that motivation or inspiration no. to push I mean, you might enjoy it but if no one else enjoys it it's a bit you're hard. not gonna help anyone are you you're yeah. not gonna sell anything no you're making a loss correct so although they did perform again in 2001 and they still perform but they're not actually in studios and what have you. So they just okay. They just kind of have the odd reunion now and then. I'd say is probably the best. Perform obsession and say goodbye. Yeah. So at the height of their career in 86, 87, the band did tour and they toured alongside some big names. So Phil Collins, uh-huh. Depeche Mode, oh. Eurythmics, Genesis, Howard Jones. In excess and simply read amongst others. That is some big names. So they, you know, I mean, obviously they were more the support act, but mm. obviously they were. I mean, but they were still on stage. Not so big over the this stage side. Obviously in America they had a hell of a lot more hits and were much bigger. Whereas mm. over here they were just the one top ten single. Yeah, so like a one. No hit. albums, just one top ten single. Yeah. Which was obsession mm-hmm. in nineteen eighty five. And it got to number five. Okay. There weren't much to it. I like the vocals. It's got a very nice sound there. And it gets my foot tapping. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, hit or miss? Well. Influenced or not influenced? Well, 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 Dad. Communards. We're a hit. I was a bit like, hmm, and I have explained it was hard to choose, but I just, I don't know. I do like their songs. I would listen to them again. But The Damned were a mess. They were not up my street at all. Captain Sensible will be disappointed. Well, we'll find out whether he's a hit when we get to him, won't we? (laughs) He won't be. Okay. I'm so intrigued. Loose Ends were a hit. 
Um, I've really enjoyed it, their songs and the sound of it all. You know, it yeah, it they were up there. Kind of liked them too. Um, Mr. Mister, no Water Boys. Loose, no, yeah. Sorry, Water Boys. Yeah, Water Boys were also a hit. Uh-huh. And so was Mr. Mister. As much as we didn't yeah. have many songs, Mr. Mister, like their two songs that you gave me were so up there. And then the others, you know, that I listened to, it's not like I didn't like them. So, mm-hmm. and then Animotion were a miss. They just weren't much there. And I listened to two other songs. And I will say, Room to Move that I listened to, that was actually my favorite. So I couldn't say Obsession was my favorite anyway, because I listened to the three. I, by listening to two others of my own, I really enjoyed Room to Move. But yeah, um, they're a hit, they're a mess anyway. So you got four hits and two miss there. I'll take that on a week that you started at the beginning of saying it wasn't really an yeah. extraordinary week. So. But I did say the more that I listened, I was like, yeah, do you know you what, did, actually, yes. there are some good ones in here. But yeah. the first listen in my journeys in my car, it just, yeah, they were, I don't know. It won't give me a much of a feel-good morning, but no. yeah, more listened, the more light. So, mm-hmm. so um, due to me um, having COVID, and hence we relay, delayed the recording, as we, as you know, I'm fully recovered now. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't gone and done like I did for the first series with um, the amount of number ones, how many hits misses you had. So I will endeavour to do that for the start of series three well but, no yeah, i haven't you're going to do it because you've got your bonus episode to come oh you got another bonus i was hoping we might miss that one out oh no dad this time so we covered i'm doing 2010s you know because then it's more me and i was older um so i know a lot more about them and you obviously had boy groups in 2010s well this time you're going to have girl groups so I'm not going to reveal who you've got but I will let you know and I look out on Twitter and I'll reveal who you'll be listening to and then when we do that episode you can do your closing let us know about how series two went and we will then find out what you think of some girl groups on the 2010s if we have time to fit that bit in we will um fit that bit in it'll depend obviously on how long how detailed i go into with the the yeah. series breakdown um, yeah i might go into it in more detail this what time. just to not have to do a bonus yeah. episode <laughs> <Especially> <laughs> You're doing girl it. groups i mean God, i'm pleased to say we didn't really have girl groups in um no you I didn't mean, you have banana rama and bangles and the Nolans. Yeah, but they weren't, you know, they really weren't the up there. Ones were Banana Rama and Bangles, you know. I mean, um, Sister Sledge and No Sisters. They're all relatives, to be honest. Pointer yeah, Sisters, that's true. yeah. They, they, but they weren't as big. But yeah, Banana Rama and Bangles are probably the main two. Mm. I know, like whenever you give me. Oh, and um, the one that, um, well, I can't even remember who they are now, who had the, the, the one who died, unfortunately, but she was the, the guitar player. Um, it, we only had them recently. As oh, well. like the part, um, the female, um, like the up I there. I can't remember yeah. what the group was now for the life of me. But yeah, that that was obviously another one. But mm. other than that, there isn't many that. Um, no, and I think I always point it out whenever I have a week and there's 
female groups. I'm always like, Fuzzbox. That's it. Fuzzbox. Yeah. Um, But yeah, whenever I have female vocalists and female groups, I think I always say, oh, it's been a nice change. I've got some female, because it doesn't happen often. But Mm. don't you worry, I've got some for you to listen to. You can have a great time. Lovely. Looking forward to it. Okay. I bet. Well, on that on that note, we will sign off series two. Yes. As I say, I, I will need to add up. I, I think week by week we've had more hits and misses. So I think mm-hmm. it is another I think tip so. in the dad educates daughter or dad influences daughter towards yeah. 80s music. Definitely. Um, but I will, you know, obviously get that clarified. But no, other than that, we will end it there and look forward to series three, which is the last in the groups. So we're coming to the end of the 80s. Yeah, I look forward to it. Thank you. Okay, thank you. I'll speak to you soon. You will. All right. Bye. Bye, Dad.